we'll come to the observed effect. <laughs> A podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas <laughs> and at least one good story. Episode 99, The Art of Conversation, Manigal, where Barack traced his roots. In 2011, President Obama visited the village his ancestors left to immigrate to the U.S. I retraced his footsteps to try to find out not only how his trip might have changed him, as I do with this podcast, but to see what impact he may have left behind in the wake of his considerable entourage. I'd heard that Michelle made a splash with the local priest, and that 3,000 people crowded in from the surrounding countryside that day. I drove through fields with low stone walls and a smattering of livestock to reach Manigal, whose streets were eerily empty. One humble building was painted with an American flag. I found a local to tell me the story. But but walk us through that that day when when he arrived. So he walked in and he bought yeah money he walked in came into the village were, were, up, walked up the street. Were you open for business? You had no 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 just, just a few down. invited people. Yeah oh no there were three thousand allowed in the village. Gotcha behind rail and then you had to have a ticket. I see. So the security at the end of the street, you come up security screening. In the pub here was just thirty people allowed. Okay. Outside and, of provide for staff or whatever. Yeah. Can you describe what you look like for the people listening? Give them a picture of who oh you're listening. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how Lucas was. What am I? Height or what? Anything, anything to give a characteristic. Ah, uh, sure. Look, I keep. I'm down to earth, six, six foot one, bit overweight. <laughs> Working in the pub since I was nineteen. Um, grew up in the family pub here, fourth generation. I took it over as 19, so I still run that. Wow. Can yep. you describe this pub for people listening? Well, this what pub, would they see when they look? Yeah, I suppose when you walk in here, you see um, an old, it was an old um, village building, 1800, early 1800 building, but now it's modernized with usual bar facility. We have a lot of pictures of President Obama's visit <laughs> up here, which made it famous. He did walk in here, and, um, and uh, it's quite open space at the bottom as well. We have a, um, a bust of Barack Obama down the bottom there, as you can see. And, um, yeah, hopefully comfortable for people. We think people like it anyway. The locals like it. We like it. Yeah. So <laughs> they all meet here and they chat and argue and have fun as well. So. Yeah. And a sing-song. Oh, you yeah. You, you have singing. Yeah. Sorry? You, you have singing. Yes, we would have oh. music. Yeah, loads of people pass through like that. Yeah. You know, ambassadors. The mayor of Shanghai, or you know, different ones. The Finnish um, ambassador came here. I got invited up to the um, ambassador's residence in Finland for Independence Day a couple wow. of years in a row. You know, so we make great contact here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So yeah. is Manigal the town that he is from? His ancestors are from? Or yeah, he's. There was a man, Phoebe and Joseph Kearney, okay. were down the street at this house with their family. Mm-hmm. Joseph Kearney's 
brother died in Ohio. And it seemed to be the terms of the will were that the land in Ohio was left to his brother in Monegal. Mm. He had to farm it over there. So he, Joseph Carney, we were told, left immediately. And the wife left within a year or two or whatever with the children. And they all settled in Ohio. No wonder children called Fulmut. He was traced back as the great, great, great grandfather of Barack Obama. Wow. Now, how they did that was the genealogist in Salt Lake City, she actually traced it. He was on his mother's side, Dunham is the name, and she traced the Dunhams back to Ohio, to these Kearneys. And in the gravestone today in Ohio, Phoebe and Joseph Kearney headstone has written on it, late of Moneygall. Mm. Kings County, Ireland. Mm. So then she made contact with Moneygall and the rector here, Stephen Neal, unearthed the books with all the birth and marriage certificates for the family. But I think just 10 years before that, someone came over to us ordinary tourists, mm. said they were connected to the Karen, to the Healy's family. Yeah. Now there's no mention of President Obama, he was a senator, it wasn't it? that never even into question. Mm. So when this inquiry came, it was very fresh yeah. in their mind, they had the books and all that documentation then. Ollie Hayes is the owner of the pub where Obama made sure to have a pint. In fact, Ollie taught Michelle how to pull a Guinness. I wanted to know the scene that day as only a select few got in to witness the moment memorialized on a poster overhanging the pub's entrance of the presidential sip. I had come to learn about Obama's journey, but Ollie turned out to have quite the story himself. And uh, so, how was Michelle when she? She was very good. Yeah. She actually filled. Um, she was to leave here, and um, she was actually leave here. There, once he had drank his pint, the Secret Service were going. They were all gone, going yeah. out, and the media had left. And then I said, Miss Obama, would you like to fill the pint? I would love to. So they came behind the counter, and that was. <laughs> Oh, about 25 minutes, was it? Mm, was that, Jack? Easy. Yeah. Fun. It was really funny. Yeah, yeah. So she filled the Guinness, and <laughs> she did good on her job. She filled another one then, and she topped off the Guinness like you were going to do in a minute, and she handed it to our parish priest. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, yeah, the first pint, but I mean, probably the best, and he, he was um, he was slagging her a bit. <laughs> so she said, I'll prove him wrong, and she filled the second one perfect. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a really good fun. It? That's great. Yeah, so... Um, How did you select those 30 people? Um, most of them were sort of related, or the priest, the clergyman showing the records, the director. Um, I, my mother couldn't come, she was sick, so I, I let in an aunt instead of her. Yeah. Um, little, loads of little, uh, most of the Healy family then, they be the, the sort of relation. Yeah. And the closer family, Relationship in Barsakane, mm. uh, Donovan, but they were very, they were, they got an audience with him, but they were very private, didn't know, he didn't really hand, you know, some people aren't able for the, the media was quite intense now on it, you know. Oh, yeah. And um, so they just met him and it was very nice, you know, little things like that, and yeah. or the ambassador. See, down there then with all the media pool was down the end, you know, and that, and they got their shots and that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then he left here then up the street and on the way to Dublin, to okay. Dublin. So he used to stay in Dublin that night, and then the ash cloud kicked off above him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he actually that. left Dublin that night, or out quick. That was from the volcano in Yeah, Iceland. that's right, so, so he went straight to London. I see, okay. Yeah, but it was like when he went, when they knew he was gone out of Ireland, the Secret Service here just like, 
<laughs> drinking Guinness. <laughs> they were filling their own pint. for a great crack. Honestly, <laughs> God, we had a mighty time with them. And how did it come about that your pub was chosen? No, I suppose really, I don't know, he announced on 17th March 11, then he, it, was in, it was overheard in a whisper in the White House and someone said it's going to happen and he had said it in someone in the newspaper because they let in the media there yeah. and next thing he announced it he was coming on the 17th of March he said it and he arrived the 23rd of May <laughs> so then I think it was the April I think um, American embassy car came here and a guy in charge of all the flights mm. and I sat down over that seat there where we were and had a coffee with him and he started asking me questions asked me where to go around with him showing me a few places I got into the back of the car I travelled up and down the hurling field for landing places. There wasn't nothing with landing many helicopters, you know, between my profit showing with these faces anyway. <laughs> so we went off and then he just came back and I he um gave me um he gave me a little pin from Marine One. He said I'm in charge of Marine One and all the flight stuff and thanks for helping us today and he said then the Secret Service will arrive in the next hour. The arrival is imminent just to let you know. And he left the club. That was it. Then I got a call about an hour after from a newspaper in London to know why did I get out of the car with the old, um, American <laughs> CD plates, you know, for diplomatic. I denied it. I said, I don't know no, our people are there. Sorry, getting out of it. It's American. No, it could have been the Americans testing me too. I don't know. Yeah. Did my tr and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't get out of any car. And they said, is the Secret Service <laughs> arriving today? Is there any word? Of surely to God or Jew at this stage? And know nothing about it. I said, all I can do is tell you, I sell beer. That's it. <laughs> but he said, people did see it out of a silver Volvo. And I denied it again. And I said, look, I'm busy. I have to go. And I hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, they did arrive and they came straight in here off a bus, the whole blew them. And um, they took all the pub and drinking Guinness, took photos, they were enjoying the fun as well. Never said much to me, I suppose. Mark Erickson was one leading the team. He was one of the diplomats on it. He was very stern. He introduced himself. He stood at the door. That was all. And he ended up being our best friend. We went drinking every year. Went to America. We ended up drinking with him. Going out with his, he brought his family. And towards the end, the visit was about to come on. And in a few weeks, he was like, brought his little youngsters over. And he bought them the their 11th birthday party. We caught a cake for him below. And they, um, he was our, he was my, right-hand man with the American side of it, you know, he would, he would be yeah. anything he had a problem or anything like that, so I knew everything was happening, but he'd never, you could never reveal anything. Yeah. He said, the President don't ever think he's coming here to Monegal or Ireland if you actually see his feet on the ground. It can, that, like that, they could change it, you know, yeah. talk about something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we gave them, um, they wanted to set up, um, they wanted to set up a sort of, um, a, cent a security communication centre in somewhere around, so I get more kitchen in here in our house. <laughs> they couldn't believe it because we, we, we just said, Look, we're, we're upstairs, the house there, because they tried to ruin a very lot of media around. So they brought in all their stuff, suitcases with aerials out of it, they connected into phone lines, and they had a command post in here. So if that happened the day to visit here, he, if the president had to do anything in, in America, something serious something mm. happened bad, yeah, yeah. he'd actually have to go in there and do whatever business is all secured for the line. And um, you, people used to say, why did you, you know, why is the people going out the front door? I deny it all the time. I never said anything. Yeah. And um, he, uh, 
they were really, I'd say, more grateful for that than anything else. And I think that came out in him as well. He said, thank you, I know what you did, he said to me. I said, look, sure, it's not helped anyone out, but he, um, yeah, he was, he was grinning out there. And, um, but I remember after the visit, being interviewed, one American said to me, there's no problem saying that. You're showing the American, if you do say it, that that command you're, that was in there, he said, you're showing the American people that although their president has left town, mm. he's still in touch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had stuff in there for about two weeks measuring the frequency of, of modulation or whatever frequencies that were going up, whether it was mobile phone traffic or whether it was two-way radio, whether it was air traffic. So they measure all that over a week or two and they get a measure of that and where it's coming from. And all that's fed back into the, the, all these yokes, the suitcases, the aerials, and then it goes back. They actually told me to go right back to the Pentagon wow, wow. on secured loop lines and all this. So um, then on the day of the visit, they know their, they know their frequency levels are working it. So if something slipped above that, they know they're problems, yeah. whether, whatever it's going to be. How did you feel when you found out that they were coming? I mean, like... I didn't mind. I just took my stride. I said, if he's coming, he's coming, you know? Yeah. But uh, I was very funny. Because there's something we never actually told. But when, when this bit the or not, he actually was coming in the door. And he came into the pub and he went to find the lad. Bobby had been a great friend of ours. He said to him, to Bobby, give me a little only money on it, not money. <laughs> he borrowed the money after <laughs> to pay he paid for his pints. But um it's so funny Bobby says, Will I ever get it back? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just funny now. We're a great track out of it now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> In May that was May, March twenty eleven. In March sorry, May eleven. In March 2012, we got an invite to the White House for the Shamrock giving, which was going on on March 20th mm. in the White House. You know, the giving the Shamrock and big who had mm. five or six hundred at the event. So we got official invites that I did and Henry did, and bring someone with us. And that was grand. That was getting a bit of publicity. You know, the lads were invited back. Blah blah blah. And then the White House contacted and said, what are you doing on the 17th, which was actually Paddy's Day yeah. before, and we said, we're actually going to go to New York, do the parade, whatever. And he, your man goes, would you come to Washington? And we said, yeah, okay. But he said, stick with the New York story. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll organize all your stories, your tickets, and what you're doing in New York, but you're not going to be there. So we pretend nobody in here knew we were actually in New York, what? except Magella. <laughs> we're, nobody knew we were in Washington except Magella. We flew into New York. On the night of the Thursday the 15th, with all day Friday, I went to see 9-11. On Friday evening, I left, we left New York by Amstrak up and arrived at the hotel. We informed Secret Service, we were in town, and the hotel we were staying in, and we cut off all communication at home. They were asked to cut off Facebook, Twitter, everything. And we, we they secured, put security in the hotel. Well, you wouldn't know to there, but we knew there were and it, we were told on Saturday morning, the 17th, then just to hail a taxi, like, you know, a whistle, lad come out of whistle, and we did. <laughs> and we got into the car, and we were told to go to a certain gate in the White House, and the man goes, no, 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 tourists don't go in this gate. And we just said, just let us off here, we paid, you know. Yeah. And he let us off, and then we just went, wait there, we, we met security at the White House gate, and then 
Bobby or contact him down met us yeah. and went straight into the White House on Saturday the 17th. We got a tour around and we sat out in the West Wing patio area. We had a bit of salad. The army cooked there on Saturday mornings. It's a sort of a relaxing day for staff and not a lot going on. And we had a bit of grub there, selected from our menu. And then we went back into the Oval Office and he came down the stairs in a green jacket and he said, well, guys, how are you going on? We said, oh, Mr. Benson, how are you? And he said, oh, fine. He said, would you come for a pint with me? <laughs> so we didn't know that bit. <laughs> so we got into the car with him and down to the down, down to the Dubliner Bar in Washington. And um, he caught my arm getting on. He said, this could last 30 seconds or 30 minutes. You know, watch your agent. You say you were my agent. Yeah. You were maybe, I had a Secret Service badge on me, so the oh, lad didn't know me. Okay, they were yeah. casing the pub for six weeks before we did this, yeah. to see what was the clientele like. Yeah. So we wore Secret Service badge, so you would me, you'd know me coming in, and if that happened, then you were going to hood me out, you know, whatever. But there was never, went into the pub, the crowd went mad, they jumped up on tables, and guys were walking into the pub at ten, <laughs> 10 to 1 in the afternoon. And he ordered three pints of Guinness, and we, we stayed there for half an hour, chatting and he had photos taken and stuff like that and then we exited and he goes it's your first time in Washington yeah I said first time in Washington and he asked um, he asked the driver to cover the whole cavalcade slow down and um, <coughs> they slowed down now he said look to the right you'll see a lot of homeless people in this town and you'll see a lot of this in America and he said I'm not trying to hide it mm. but he said but Washington has very hardy spots and mind yourself over the weekend Mm. And he said, this is a problem. Wow. He says, you know, we all live in, we're lucky we have our health, but look at this man on the bench and the car sped on and then up to the White House. Mm. We got to the White House then and he um, met went in and he gave us a golf ball. He gave us um, cufflinks and then he gave us, he called the agent and he gave us a coin and the agent was like, Really gobsmacked that he gave us it. If the, the chief of staff of the United States Army is the president, mm. and every every general they have a kind, some part of the army thing, right? And the story is anyway, you're a general, right? Mm -hmm. And the sergeant, we're going for beer, and then if, I, if you put your kind up there, someone else has to cover your drink. That sort of is a <laughs> crack over anyway. But anyway, this is a kind that represents his kind, the for his representative, he gave us one of those. And, the guys said we never seen this happen. The president gives that to someone out of the country. Wow. So we have those kinds, and he said to us, um, "Okay, go and enjoy your weekend." And he said, "You just know your number. You ring up. You ring our lads if you want that over the weekend. I know where you should be today. You should be in New York." <laughs> and he said, "You come up here for me. And I appreciate it." And with the weekend, oh yeah, the following day to make contact, would we like to go see Capitol Hill? And we had a whole tour of Capitol Hill by the sergeant in arms. It was a sort of very private taken around by this fella. Yeah. And um, then on the Sunday, there was contact made again with myself and Henry, represent President and Michelle at the Russian Opera that night with ballet on. <laughs> and we were like, oh, jeez, not really. I know not my kind of thing, you know. So I said, tell him we're meeting someone. So I didn't go. So on Monday, seemingly in the White House, he was in the Oval and he said to Bobby, well, how the boys enjoyed the ballet? I said, this present, they actually didn't go. What? They didn't go. And he says, not in the ballet. He says, ah, what the heck? They can go the next time. <laughs> he told him we were meeting someone. He knew well. 
but he was very he must have been very personally conscious of us over the weekend keeping us busy and I, at night then they'd ring us where are we did we need a lift or whatever you know so yeah we got out of the White House on that day Very after so. the pint and we got to a McDonald's and we we opened up the right find and we revealed it all and then it came the news yeah. so he asked us and um, he got really serious with us he said lads tonight please don't go near that pub I was in with you today mm. he said I, I mean it he said and um, <clears throat> there's lots of other options and just for tonight it will come up on news networks so I was there mm. and you standing in it and mm. um, he said, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, yeah. So he said, we said we'll go to another Irish bar. We knew it was another Irish bar, and that's where we headed. Mm. But um, they made contact kind of where are you, but we knew there were, there were always someone watching somewhere. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was extraordinary. They came up in the news in that pub, actually. We were known in all over town. But the funniest thing was bringing it home here, because everyone thought we were in New York at the parade. Yeah. They were actually with the president. <laughs> He story. actually discussed um, our our property tax. We were introduced, mm. and he asked me my opinion of the property tax. And I said, "Yeah, I said a lot of anger over at home. We always had rates in Ireland, but I said it went away. It was an election thing to get rid of rates." And then I said, um, "That they've come back now." But he said, "Ali, we couldn't run this town. Mm. We couldn't run our town here without people contributing on a house-to-house basis. Mm. You know, that's the way it works here." You know, so I could understand exactly why they brought him back here. Yeah. And um, he goes to me, uh, what did he say then? What do you think? He said, five million Chinese start driving last year. So what, I don't, what do you mean? Imagine the demand on world fuel. What's your opinion? And I said, well, I, said I didn't realise there were that many, you know. And he said, if they start to drive at that rate and fuel demands, and I'm the president here, he said, if I touch the price of fuel, they throw you out. <laughs> <laughs> but now you can see the electric car thing. Yeah. So he said, you have to be thinking greener, haven't you? And I said, definitely. I said, at that rate, if they're going to start demanding oil at that rate, I said, someone's going to have to give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Just to circle back to something you said before, how, how would you rate his art of conversation? I mean, Oh, he's so interesting. You see art there with him, yeah. yeah. So interesting, so genuine. Yeah. It sounds like, like it, from what you said. He yeah, really it's like him, you know, you do your best, but you never do it right. You're always going to be wrong with someone, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he had his country at heart, and he probably, some people thought he did a great job, more people didn't. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was on a came when he got pubbed the day, and there was Americans in it. And so, oh, this is all he has money on. We didn't like that. <laughs> and I said, fine. And I said, Maybe you never, maybe you, maybe you never took time to get to know him. <laughs> Your tunnel vision <laughs> under, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, President Trump might be. I think at heart he's a good man. Mm. He, he has his country at heart, but mm. his way of presenting it is totally wrong. Mm. You know, he's just, he's just. Now he needs. He won't take advice. I mean, if ten thousand people want to go out that door, he go out the back one. That's him. You know. Look, most people are going to that position want to get things right. Nobody wants to make a mess of it, but you know, but uh, to do their best, that's yeah. all you can do. Have you had a lot of people like us coming as as a no, result no. of this? Oh, no. well, you over in the beginning, you know, a lot of people will come. We've been over yeah. in America every year since he was here. 
Yeah. We went in 13 then as well. He was inaugurated mm. for a second. We, had, we went privately to that. Yeah, when did you wow. go to the White House? Well? Tell, tell the story of going to the White House with your family. When oh, yeah, that was, was 13. That? Okay. Yeah, he got back in in 13. So his inauguration was the 20th of January 13, which was a Sunday. Um, but we only went over privately. We booked our hotel, our flights, and sometimes we'd go over and experience it. Mm. And we're in, we booked a hotel, spoke the street. And then they sent an email. Mm. What are you doing in our town? Wow. Meet, us at, meet us at such a time in such a place today. And then man, the president's main man again met us personally. He said, You came without telling us. And I said, Look, I said, We're going to go over to No, he said, He knows you're in town. We know you're in town. So he wow. said, The president was inaugurated on Sunday with his family privately in the Oval Office. He came to have to inaugurate by 12 midday on the 20th of the month, mm. and which was the actual Monday. Mm. It would have been too late, so it was done. He was going to inaugurate on Sunday. Ordered to put the public thing in the street the following day, mm. for the, but actually he's done. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's officially president from the day before. So he goes, uh, we're having a big uh, do tonight in Washington, in the museum, big museum there. And he said, look, there's tickets for that. And it said there's two tickets for up front on the, town, on the street. You'd like to go to the street? Yeah, I said we would. Yeah. Well, he said, look, you can go on the street or else we can come up higher. No, I said we'd like, we are. And there you are. So the inaugural ball that night down in town, we'll have tickets for that as well. Wow. And, um, yeah. you brought fancy clothing? Sorry? Had you brought fancy clothing? Yeah, we had a suit. We were going to bits and pieces around the town. You know? <laughs> yeah, so we went to that and, um, that was grand. That was January. Then March 13, I got the invite back again to the White House. And I brought Katie Medellin in that time. And um, yeah, so extraordinary. Now Medellin and Katie only came once. I went every year after. Medellin did love that new driver. She just travelling. She just found it hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. Just, she did it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> the following year, then I brought. I think I brought my new. I brought a friend of mine one year, John. Then I brought. Um, we were our parish priest. Yeah. As a guest, <laughs> I run out of people to bring. I know you we run out of people to bring. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Neal, the guy that had a rector, he never actually got invited back. And um, but I brought him as a, as a, a guest of mine. Yeah. So we had a great, we had a great couple of years over there. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. That's so great. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, do you think this trip changed him? If you may not even know, but like, did you observe him like see oh yeah, his, his roots? Like, did did you yes. go with when he went to? The I was in the house. I said he was very um, taken in when he put his foot over the house, the threshold that someone walked out of his house yeah. in the eighteen hundreds, and now he, you know, because of that, he's there. You know, it was, it was emotional, yeah. and his people in the United States that we'd go in the White House and walk around him. He said, do it in a week go by that he wouldn't mention his trip to Ireland and money gone. <laughs> but we knew because really, I suppose, when we were here, you know, he needed to, no, no contact needed to have been made after him. He had to have kept up all the time. Course, we were invited yeah. to everything in the embassy. Anything that was on American wise here in Ireland, we were invited to it. You know, it didn't matter whether it was a memorial or something for John F. Kennedy, you were invited up to everything. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we really treated very well by yeah. it. But so genuine. Yeah. So genuine. They're absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So nice people, you know. 
But um, she um, met her in Dublin then as well. So. <laughs> met her in Dublin. But the last time I was over there, actually, my last year over there was meeting the president. He in the, the big um, event thing with the Shamrock. There could be five or six hundred at that. Mm. But we'd get the nod to go to the room, mm. and I'd meet him there. Yeah. And um, but the agent said to me last time, ask him go for a pint. I said, what? I said, when he's asking go for Michelle is not in town tonight. You know, I missed her there. Yeah. She wasn't there that night. He said, she's not in town tonight. He might go. Yeah. And I said, what should I do if he says that? She said, that'll be our problem. <laughs> so I shook hands and I said, are you coming for a pint tonight? And he says, where are you going? So we actually explained the pub we were going to. And he said, look, Ollie, I'm in Detroit, Detroit at 8 a.m. in the morning on a podium, Ollie. I'd be with you, no problem. So he, he, he didn't. But um, when I went outside the door, he said, look, Bobby said, should we try it? And we were ready. And David set everything in motion. He, has, he does spontaneous things like that in White House. Yeah. You can work with him. He said, come on, lad, go and get pizzas. Yeah. You know, or, and they're down and up before the before there's any threat or danger. <laughs> you know. yeah, it's an interesting insight into the whole thing, though. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, how did the, his visit change Moneygall? I mean... Well, I suppose Moneygall was in a small village. It is a small village, a small village. Less, less than three, about 300 people live here. Yeah. So it would have marked us, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So when you say Moneygall, uh, people know straight away the Obama connection, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it, uh, it, it, it definitely changed us a lot, you know. But I suppose, you know, it's, it's, it's history there now, and time is moving on, and just a So, probably until he comes back again, maybe it'll see. And he's, he's vowed he will come back again, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know I'd say he will come back. He said he'd like to show his kids the same trip from that, you know. Yeah. Oh, they, they didn't come on that? No, trip, no. Yeah. He, um, yeah, no, he definitely will come back in time, you know. But yeah. it's it's that's not great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And the, the plaza, is that new since he That came, was actually the man, they had purchased that before. He had purchased the site, I think, 2009 or 10, mm. and then he built it in, it only opened there three, four years ago, three years ago. So, okay. yeah. The so Obama he, Plaza. He, Barack Obama Plaza, <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, he's aware of it. He's aware of it. He's actually aware of it there. All right. But I remember telling him over there, yeah. and um, I said, God, I've built a big filling station with your name on it. <laughs> and he just goes like this. I hope it's not affecting new filling points. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was, he, yeah, yeah he was grand, but don't let it affect your. He's very witty now. Yeah, witty. yeah. I guess there's not any legal. Uh, Sorry. There's not any legal problems to use Barack Obama's name on the film. I know they did have to get that verified, and oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you've got things down on Wexford, John F. Kennedy this, John F. Kennedy mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there wouldn't be any problem with that, I'd say. Oh, he wouldn't be, wouldn't be up there, you have to go to get clearance. And, uh, yeah, it's an extraordinary experience, the whole thing, and, you know, not alone the money gone side of it for me, but what happened in America, you know, going over and back, and yeah. our experiences over there. And, Had you been to America before? I was there on our honeymoon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where was where that? We went to a cruise, Fort Lauderdale, we went from Fort Lauderdale, yeah, yeah, did yeah. a Caribbean cruise, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. But one, that photo there, he's a friend of mine, John, he came on one of the trips there, up in the top right-hand corner. Yeah. He came on one of the trips, and 
When we meet the president like that, it's only us or myself and Henry meet him. Whoever with us would not meet him, yeah. except when Katie and Magellan are. But it's very rare that year. That's the man that owns the plaza, which is as well. And Bobby asked us, who are the guys? And he said, said that's a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. He said, would you like him to meet the president? I said, if it's possible, no problem, you know. Yeah. So when we got to the White House that evening, um, I was meeting the president, so was Henry. We knew that, but I was told to stand at the door and just wait for the nod yeah. to leave the room and bring the lights in, but I couldn't actually tell them uh-huh, yeah. until the last minute, because there's other people, you know, a lot of people there, so, but when he went in, John, a friend of mine, he goes, uh, John, is it? He said, yeah, were you ever in America before? He said, no, no, Mr. President, it's my first time in America. Wow, and you did it in style. You come to the White House, you meet the president. That's the way. That's the way to your first trip to America. The way it came out with it was so funny, you know. But uh, I did be well briefed as well, you know. It's good to have to find out who's who as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's in- interesting. So um, this is maybe a hard question, but how how did it change you? Do you feel like? Oh, this travel has changed you in any way? Changed me, no. no, no. But I got great insight into, I suppose, how men in such power and whole positions of power, like he does, mm. how he can be so natural and normal, the same as any of us going to work. You know, it's work, you know. And he goes upstairs in the White House and he's with his family. You know, his mother-in-law looks after the girls and keeps him in check as well. And but he's going on to the office to work with well, you know. Yeah. And how to handle that, that. But I think he's well able to handle that. And very, you know, because he's he's totally different approach to President and the man you have now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he's brilliant to speak. Yeah, I don't know. He, I don't know. I suppose he just thinks, I just saw it, although he had that, he had that powerful position, he's still a human being. Yeah. And you can see all that nature in his chat and his conversation and... You know, he when he said to me in the pub, we were drinking a pint, and he said, "Remember, myself and Michelle both came from humble beginnings. Mm. Mm. You know, we never forgot that." He said. Yeah. You know, so he mentioned Chicago. I don't really work with the homeless or in that side. He mentioned that to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he just put down the gun with, "I'm not a snob. <laughs> I am a person." <laughs> you know, although I'm president. Yeah. You know, and I suppose also something that probably affected him was. Just, you know, probably the best job you could wish for in the world, you know, as a politician to get to that position. But he said the impact of him taking it, what impact that has on his two children for the rest of their lives. He said I could, he could have said a senator, a lecturer, so could she, you know, they never know that their two children are marked yeah. for the rest of their life. And because of that, yeah. you know, put the higher threat, he was on a high security level, uh, as, a, as he was on the highest, probably was on the highest security level as a president-elect before he was president during his campaign because of yeah. the colour. You know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting just to get to see the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Beautifully told. I, <laughs> I had no idea what kind of story you would tell, but it was right. so fascinating with the Secret Service and yeah. everything that happened yeah. to you. This is beyond my my dream. uh, (laughs) Here, actually, before that photograph was taken there in that corner, that's the one the night of the inauguration in Washington. Um, We're in line up for the photograph, so the photographer's just about to take it, and Joe Biden 
caught me by the arm and he says, that's the president, let me go to Ireland, get my, find my ancestors. I'm over here working. And I, said, I just went up, Mr. President, and he said, yes, Ireland. I said, the vice president would like to come to Ireland and find his ancestors. Now, he has come since. And he says, tell him no, second term, we're too busy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ali and Magella, for taking the time to tell this story. May your pub overflow with success. I dream of coming back one day. Thank you to Dana Boulay for her music. You can follow the Observer Effect podcast on Facebook or our website by the same name, or just follow us on iTunes. Next week is our 100th episode. Reflecting on what Ireland might have meant to President Obama reminds me of a quote from another descendant of the Emerald Isle, whose nearby hometown of Limerick holds a story I'll tell in another episode. In Angela's Ashes, Frank McCourt writes, A mother's love is a blessing, no matter where you roam. <laughs>